So far this morning, Jimmy has called me dear <laughs> and David a psychopath. <laughs> so we're going to start the show like <laughs> David is a How's psychopath. <laughs> David is, is a psychopath, new? he says. <laughs> He's afraid of tacos. That's what I said that in response to. Uh, I said, you're a psychopath if you haven't eaten a taco yet. Still have not had a yeah. taco. Wait, just waiting for the right Wish moment. You- we okay. should do a show on like how we choose the hills that we're going to die on because that's <laughs> that's a strange hill to die on in my opinion. But I, I didn't yeah. realize it until I was an adult and people started telling me that was weird, and then it just became a, this thing that I identified with. Yeah, and so yeah, I stuck with it. I mean, I'll it's eat a taco, the- but it's going to take a lot of money at this point. And the long, <laughs> the older I get, the more money I'm going to need. <laughs> right. He's going to be on his deathbed and be like. One of the things I regret is never having a taco and it will be too late because you won't have any teeth and like you can't digest the taco anymore. So good. Get him a soft one. That's going to be a bummer. Anyway, how's it going? What's new? Uh, I'm, I've am i been busy trying to get, now we have a hard out. Taylor and I have been trying to go on a road trip since the beginning of August. And oh. now we finally established the hard out and that's going to be next week. We're going to go. And we're going to be gone for about 10 to 12 days, maybe 14 days. We're going to drive out west. We have a couple of hotels, or rather like cabins and stuff booked to spend uh, various nights here and there. We're going to travel with our Oregon travel trailer on the back of the car and sleep and camp in it. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm excited. But I've been doing the mad dash, and so has she, to get some work done. So it's Mm -hmm. off of our consciousness, and we can deliver. And uh, I've been busy with the travel trailer. And I'm working on a couple of little videos here and there in the background, but the travel trailer, the one that is being built for, it's going to be for a wine company. It's going to be used as a launch for a wine company. It's funny. A lot of people, people, people keep asking me, whatever happened with Bullet Bourbon? How come you don't work for Bullet Bourbon anymore? <clears throat> this is the same client as Bullet Bourbon. It's just a, mm. all the Bullet Bourbon stuff mm. is a, is a media PR company that hires me to make all this, you know, the physical stuff that goes along with media and PR. And because of the trailers that we all made last year, we made about 50 of those trailers leading into October a year ago, me and my team here. Because of those, we got this real travel trailer gig. Those were all fake displays. So the same media marketing company got this gig and gave it to me. So I am in a, in a sense working for the same exact people. Just this time the client isn't bullet. It's a wine company whose whose name actually I don't even know. It's uh, they're going to launch a new product. Like they have some I don't know, kind of like it's like it's from what I, I gather, it's kind of like a Truly or something like that. But that's this trailer. I'm going to make part one the video for my Lincoln Electric video that they need to publish inside Arc Magazine. So that's going to be part one. So if I can get all the pieces done for the exterior, and I'll call that part one, and then I'll build out the interior. When we get back, uh, by the way, the timeline went from, I think, May 1st to June 1st. That was all right while I was working on the show. I was like, I'll do it after work. Oh, thank God. I, I would have been, I would have died. I wouldn't have been able to make it uh, crazy. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have just had to say, look, I admit defeat. I'm sorry. Here's your money back. And, but they moved the deadline first from May, then to June, and then from June to October. October 1st. And so I'm thinking I'm not going to have enough time to get it done. I won't. And so I called them. I was like, if I give, am I going to deliver this thing to you guys October 1st? And then it's just going to sit in a warehouse for three months before your first market. And he goes, yep. I was like, so can I have those few months? He said, sure. So I have till January 1st now. 
Awesome. <clears throat> so I said, great. Because he was, she goes, I'm just giving you a deadline because I thought you needed it. <laughs> I was like, I wish you would have told me that. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm glad he did because I'm as far as I am along now. And my deadline for this Lincoln video would be early September. So I think I'm gonna, I'll be able to edit on the road, which is fine because Taylor won't let me drive. So I could sit in the passenger seat and edit. <laughs> you, we can't just and, blow by that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's our topic for today. <laughs> no, it's kidding. I'm not allowed to drive, and we're not allowed to go use my car anytime we do anything, because she gets car sick and she doesn't like the way my car smells. So no matter what, we take her car. She's like, "Let's take your car." I'm like, "Nope, let's take your car." Nope, <laughs> I don't. Want, nope. She didn't like the smell of the trees. Dave, remember you had that issue with that tree company? Like, that, <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. They would love tough. me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would love me because I buy them all the time. And my inside of my car smells like a, like that. <laughs> Several different flavors mixed together. And Taylor gets to my car. She immediately just pulls them off of the, the rear view and throws them right out the window. She's like, these are going to make me sick. And the way you're driving is going to make me sick. And this is going to make me sick. I'm like, all right, then you just drive your car wherever we go. And her car smells like a horse barn stall because she's a horse person. <laughs> Wow. She's like, my car. That's, that's a new flavor of air freshener. <laughs> so, she goes, my car doesn't smell. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe smell. we should have her on. And, and then the topic of today's <laughs> podcast is just you guys working things out about your cars. Oh, no, that would be a fun one. It would be oh, a fun yeah. one. Yeah, man. It would be a fun one. Well, no, so so we drive in her horse barn stall everywhere we go, which is fine. I don't mind the smell of horse barn stalls. It's actually very nostalgic. Do you have any plans on making videos while you're out? I kind of like the idea of a challenge of being forced to make a video away from home. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably use this as a jumping off point to make a vlog again, just because of the the beauty. We're going to look at some really big uh, national sites. I think we're going to pass through Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, and Devil's Tower, all that kind of stuff. We're just going to do like the, uh, you know, the American road trip, look at some cool stuff. Is there is there time to stop at junkyards and thrift stores and... All that fun stuff, Craigslisting across the country. Well, he's obviously bringing a trailer behind the yeah. Oregon trailer, yeah. like there's a, <laughs> yeah, a caravan to bring back tools, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. This is just a departure from all that. If we happen upon, I mean, one thing I would like is just some old Western stuff, you know, because I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a wannabe cowboy. So occasionally, like if we do stop at some like cowboy memorabilia stuff, I'll buy that. That's really kind of mm-hmm. the only thing I'm looking forward to finding. Just like, like what? Like uh, either like an old pistol or parts of uh, old cowboy gear, like, I don't know, maybe like a rusted rifle, something that I could play with, something like that, that kind of stuff. Or a cool old pair of cowboy boots. I mean, years ago when Taylor and I drove through uh, Wyoming, we stopped in uh, we stopped in a little thrift shop and I bought a pair of old cowboy boots and I wore them for like the next two years until like the seams literally came apart. Now they're hanging on the wall, but uh, they were a pair of used boots. So that type of stuff, you know, just cool old memorabilia. Find myself a new. I have a. I need a new cowboy hat because the cowboy hat I have was like packed in a box and it's all flattened out. It looks like an old crumpled up top hat. Some, something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Whatever, whatever floats my boat. I'll find something. But that's going to be exciting to go. And then, like I said, it's just putting a, a fire under my butt to get a couple things tidied up and done. And then there's a couple things I just going to have to. You know, I have a couple of ad clients. I just have to say, if you guys don't mind, you're just going to have to wait until I get back. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. There's only so much water your cup can hold. And I'm at that point now where I have to decide what I'm going to let spill. Pick it up later. Cool. Right on. Well, uh, David, what have you been up to? 
So first of all, for my viewers, I want a little behind the scenes of the video that video that's coming out on Friday. Uh, I got a sponsorship for an underwear company, and oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, there in the, uh, the there was no request to show myself in the underwear. Just um, barely even gave me talking points. Like, <laughs> do do what you want, um, and so I put a, a thing out on my facebook to my local friends like does anybody want to anybody who's fit want to pretend to be me and so i, I found somebody who's <laughs> nice and skinny a little toned uh where's my size but in way better shape and um so it just cuts to this this clip of of, of this guy who's who's fit for, for just a brief second do we do some um, CGI? Do we see uh, your head on his body? Well, I the, deep the, fake there. Yeah, the talking points are my shoulders up, and then it cuts to him down. So I have a red shirt on. So does he, but his is cut at like a midriff shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, um, it's it's not a funny tone uh, at all. It's just like those who know would be like that's that's. Wait, that wasn't David. So, uh, <laughs> just a little bit, a little behind the scenes That's form of viewers. Really funny. It would be awesome if you, the two of you, had like completely different skin tones, where <laughs> yeah. it was just dead obvious that well, it was a different person, but you played it off as yourself. Yeah, very a very subtle thing that maybe some people will notice is he is oiled with with some baby oil, so he, he's kind of shiny. So, so the sponsor hasn't even approved it yet. They're gonna. Uh, I, I just sent it to him today. <laughs> There's some sawdust on there. Yeah, but he is oh, holding man. a circular saw, so it's, it's in the shop. And it's supposed to be me. Yeah, I don't know why it's so funny. <sighs> so, okay, you should like just write down all the details of that day that you shot that stuff, and when people ask you what you do for a living, right, let me tell right. you about one of my. <laughs> uh, um. Wow. So I'm trying to get that toolbox that I talked about finished up for Friday. Um, I keep I've been talking about it for like four weeks. It's not that big of a a project. It's just I've been distracted with other projects. Um, but today I'm working on the the cantilevered drawers in there, and I think I got it figured out. So I'm putting that together today, and then I'm also working on a, a neon sign video. So some LED neon strips. And I'm, I think in the video, we're going to do four different ways to make it. So if you're a woodworker, you could do it this way with a router. If you're not a woodworker, you could do it this way. And um, that's another little video. And then maybe on Monday or Tuesday, I'll start the picture frame project. So we shot expired film a couple months ago. And there's 10 prints that came out, and I want to make a frame to hold 10 prints. But instead of using uh, a mat to separate all the prints, I want it. I want the frame to separate different prints. So it's going to be this funky shape with all these, you know, dozens of little small pieces in between all the all the pictures, and it's going to be one big massive kind of art piece type thing. So I'm working on that. Um, well, for me, we actually don't have a video coming out this week. We, for the past several weeks have been, you know, right up against the finishing something to just get it out in time or a little bit late. And usually if there's a, a month that has, excuse me, a month that has five Thursdays, we'll skip one <clears throat> at least. <laughs> and so next month has five Thursdays and we decided to go ahead and skip now so that we can start to get ahead and not always be, you know, right up against the line. So 
We're skipping this week, but we have next week's project done, and it's an edit right now, and it turned out super cool. Uh, it's at Anthony's house. It's the first thing we've done over there. Anthony's and, shaking uh, his head in the background. <laughs> uh, I think they're really happy with it. Um, but so we did that, and we're already working on. Uh, I've been working on the Carmagia some, and working on the next project after that. So that's kind of kind of what we're into. I have a question. Uh, nothing terribly new. Yes. Was it last week? Did we talk about Derek's video about clickbait and changing thumbnails? We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Did you, you change your thumbnail for the window video? Didn't you? We did. We had uh, three or four versions of the thumbnail mm-hmm. and a couple of different title versions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we watched, you know, based on on how he went about it in that video, we kind of watched and switched it around. I don't know that we saw any any of them really stood out as a front runner, mm-hmm. but we were just kind of changing it to see what would happen. Yeah. Um, but the video is done better than I expected anyway, so it's great. And I'm not sure if it has to do with the changing or just... Yeah what the video was about. I personally have not made two or three thumbnails ready to go and then swapped them out to see which one did better. I have many times like, Oh, this video is not doing well, swapped up the thumbnail and then would see an immediate increase in views. So Mm -hmm. we usually have two, at least two going into it. Um, Just try to have a backup just in case we can see that one doesn't hit Mm -hmm. at all. But a lot of times it's just, I don't know if everybody has this thing, but a lot of times with thumbnails, it's difficult for us to find more than one way to show the thing. You know, especially if it's a big kind of room scale renovation or, uh, you know, like those windows where we want to show both of the windows and that's an entire wall's worth of image. So sometimes it's kind of hard to come up with multiple shots to even have an alternate thumbnail to put in there. but. That's just one of the things that we always have to try to figure out ahead of time, like what's what's going to be useful when we get to actually building those thumbnails, when it images. Um, but yeah, so we're we're kind of trying to get ahead a little bit. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff going on in the background as well that hopefully I'll be able to talk about soon. But uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of what's new. With us. I've been sitting here while you guys were talking. I was listening, but I was also looking around for something to recommend today. I have not watched anything new in months. Like I'm looking back through my YouTube subscription, my, my history, and like I'm just not finding anything new. Hmm. Do you guys have that problem? Do, like, do you go through times where you just nothing new sticks out or you're just not running into anything new or are you constantly finding new interesting things on YouTube? Sort of, but the, um, I, I definitely use the homepage more than the subscription page. I think I go to that because I'm looking for new, new things, but I have so many weird interests and all these new ones, they don't, they don't really relate to the listeners of this podcast. So I like, nobody's going to care about, a, a drum machine or, or an MPC video that I saw. So my pick this week is actually somebody I've recommended that we've all recommended multiple times before, cause I don't have anything interesting. So. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of an issue. Like, I mean, it, it's not an issue in that I feel like I'm missing out on things. It's just when it comes to trying to pass on something cool and new, I just don't really come in contact with a lot of new 
content because I don't really watch a ton. And mm-hmm. I think if I were, like you're saying, watching a bunch of different types of things, it would be feeding me more recommendations, but I just don't really spend that much time watching video. So anyway, um, so we did have a topic hmm. today. Hmm. You want to take that, David? Because it was your idea. Sure. Uh, I think last week we we mentioned, or I mentioned the imposter syndrome, which I feel quite a bit. Um, I I didn't even I don't even, I don't even think I heard that term until like five or six years ago when we went to that Inventables uh, thing in, in Chicago. I forget the name of of that event, um, and. Uh, we went to ORD. A, a, ORD camp, yeah. And every year they were like, y'all belong here. You know, you should feel like it. Don't, don't, you know, you belong here. And I was just like, mm, okay, but there's some really smart it's funny. people here. <laughs> Walking around ORD camp the entire time. And it's funny, no matter who you spoke to, you're like, I don't know how I ended up here. I'm not right, really sure why right. I'm here. Yeah. Like you can be talking to somebody, you look at them and you're like, oh, they must know like the organizers really well. And you're like, I don't even know them. Like I met them once. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here. And meanwhile, everyone's walking around doing the same thing. But at the same time, they're trying to enjoy it and and getting to know people. And almost by accident, it turns into a really cool event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a couple of pieces of context here. So, you know, anybody who's listening who doesn't know what we're talking about. One, imposter syndrome is this kind of uh, feeling you get when you're doubting your abilities or you feel like you're a fraud, like, you know, people think you're something that you're not. And I mean, everybody goes through this in every different, you know, tons of different ways all the time, but that's, that's what imposter syndrome is. It's not like a actual syndrome. It's just a feeling you get when you realize that you're kind of out of your depth, you feel like you shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you don't deserve to be somewhere or have recognition for something. This thing that they're talking about, we went to this kind of invite only event in, um, Chicago a few times and it's, they, they invite people of all different types. And so Mm -hmm. like it's when Jimmy says that it's difficult for us to let you know exactly who you're coming in contact with. But I remember at one point in about a five minute window, I went from talking to um, a lady who is an astrophysicist to a lady who is a beekeeper Mm -hmm. to uh, the guy that started exploding kittens, the game company. And then a few minutes later, I was sitting down next to a random person and I started, he asked me what I did and started telling him about the arcade cabinet that I was building. And then he was nodding and smiling and being really kind and asking me questions. And then I asked him what he did and he said, oh, I own this company. I don't remember the name of it. We, we make arcade cabinets (laughs) and we make the, uh, the Jurassic park game that everybody's known for the past whatever years. And I'm like, and I was just like sinking down in my seat, like, oh, I'm, you know, talking about arcades, like I know what I'm talking about. This dude's been running this business for years and years and years. So that environment, you don't, you shouldn't have imposter syndrome, but it's so natural because you're surrounded by people who are just the top mm-hmm. of the top of all sorts of things, you know. Um, what's funny, though, is in that situation and in a lot of those kind of, um, you know, event situations, you may be surrounded by people who are the top in their thing, but they're not the top in your thing. Or, you know, they're you, from their perspective, you're the one that's like, oh, you do that? That's crazy. And I watched that with both of you guys in that same situation. Jimmy would do a talk about, you know, he would um, 
to start designing something on a whiteboard in front of people. And you could see people are just like, what is happening right now? How right. is he coming up with these ideas right. and sketching out these products and stuff right off the top of his head? And these are coming from famous authors and like, you know, physicists and stuff who just happen to be wandering into this room. So that's that's the context of what we're talking about when you Yeah, we did that like a few years in a row. Along. Yeah. And even yeah. so even this podcast, you know, maybe Bob is working on his R2D2, which is this really complicated thing and it's a long huge project that takes many months and then Jimmy's working on on some big crazy thing like oh I I that's way outside of what I would ever do. And I'm like Hey guys, I made a I made a cutting board, and like like sometimes I I feel that way just on this podcast. Like oh, I made this little crafty thing, and it, which doesn't even to me doesn't compare to the big projects you guys are working on. But it's what I choose to to do. But I I definitely feel it here on the podcast sometimes. I'm definitely jealous of your go kart, <laughs> your, your go kart passion. I've been wanting to build and make a go kart for years, and I just I, I have to carve out the time and. You know, and then I'm a little intimidated by some of the mechanical stuff that uh, I know I could figure out, but it's just it's not perfectly clear to me. So I get a little nervous, and it's what kind of becomes the the little uh, the holdup. But I'm unconscious of that until I stop and think, like, why am I not doing this? So there's these little break links, and this I know I can figure it out. I just can't see it clearly, so I just avoid it. That's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we all probably have that same. Like I was saying about that event, we all have it here as well because. You know, David, you may have that response to R2-D2 or some whatever that one of us is working on, but I have that same response to the amount of detail that you can put into one of your projects. Some woodwork, like this, the toolbox thing that you're working on, I can't wait to see that because I know what goes into making that thing that you're making. And I, I don't feel confident that I could pull it off, which is funny, you know? I mean, it's just a different... I feel uh, inadequate or like a fraud in a different way, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a really super common thing uh, in to feel around other people like you just don't, you know, measure up or like they have some expectation of you that you can't fulfill on. I know for me it is. And I feel it most when I'm... Um, when I'm more engaged in, in a community. So like when we go to an event, you know, when you go to WorkbenchCon and you're surrounded by all these people who do all these awesome things. Um, that's when I feel that feeling more than when I'm by myself in the shop, because it's like, I, when I'm by myself with something to do, I know what my limitations are. I know what my skill is. I know what I'm comfortable with, what I have at my disposal. And so it, I don't feel like I'm faking anything because I know all of the tools, like everything is laid out there before me. But then when you go to an event or you're um, in a conversation, maybe it's even online, I think it comes down to other people, you not really knowing how other people perceive you mm-hmm. or not feeling that it's that it's worthwhile. And that that is heightened when you're in conversation or up against someone in a real life, you know, and they're talking about what they do and I don't know. Do you do you guys feel that when you're by yeah. yourself? Or is it- no, well, it's funny because there are times when I'm like at an event and I think to myself, I'm trying to talk to somebody. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? But, and then sometimes I realize, I'm like, he's probably thinking, who let this guy in here? You know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> why does he think he should be in here? I certainly have that feeling a lot. You know, when I'm at like a bigger, uh, you know, when you're at a bigger construct, like when you go to Fabtech, for instance, like you think you're like some hotshot YouTube welder or whatever, and you go to Fabtech. 
and you're meeting the best of the best of the best. And, you know, they, they don't even like, these guys don't even know what YouTube is. You know, it's pretty incredible. And, and, uh, it just reminds me that I, there's so much more to learn. And when I think that I'm, you know, I never, ever think I'm done learning, but just remind you that there's so much more to learn and so many more resources and places and people to, to be in touch with when you think, you know, like you're, you're like, Oh, I'm doing pretty good. And then you realize like how much you're missing and how much you really do need to learn. And that's kind of what I feel when I go to something like, um, sorry, <clears throat> my phone rang. That's the type of stuff I feel, uh, when I'm at like an event like that, I just think I'm like, wow, I'm like a tiny little fish in a giant pond. I'm not, I'm not at all, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not at all like as big as I might perceive myself or somebody might perceive me. Like my parents would think like, oh my God, you're like the king of YouTube. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not at all. Uh, but that's just a, it's just a, a reminder that there's just such a bigger, bigger place. You know, I'm talking specifically Metal Fab because that place is giant. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it just reminds me that there's so much more to learn. And then my personal experience lately with, with imposter syndrome kind of comes in the car business. Lately, I've been playing around a lot with cars and because I'm not really good at tuning a car when it comes to the carburetor or the timing, I feel like I don't, I should not know anything about a car. Like when I meet a real car guy, like, like Derek from Vice Grip Garage or, you know, a couple of my personal friends that really understand cars, they don't care about anything about the body work. They'll be like, oh yeah, cool. They go right for the motor and like, they know exactly how to handle the motor. Me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh, could you fix my motor? I want to just do the pretty stuff. You know, that's how I feel. So I think like, who am I to make car videos or who am I to like experiment with cars when all I'm really dealing with is like the cosmetics. Because when it comes to the engine, you know, you talk to these guys, they're like, oh, put a 496, let's switch it out to a 12 bolt reel. Like, I don't understand any of that stuff. And just recently, I'm going to restore this old Chevy truck that I talked about last week. I, I thought for a minute, let me play with the transmission. Then I'm like, that doesn't float my boat. I'm not going to fake it. I'm going to just have someone fix it. And then I can be in front of my friend's garage down the block and say, hey, here I am at Whitbeck's garage. He just changed the transmission. Maybe I'll get a couple of clips of him doing the transmission. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fake it because I just don't know at all what I'm doing. And I don't want to leave a bolt in the transmission and spend $2,000 to have it repaired and install it incorrectly. I just don't have the experience. And, uh, so, I mean, I do know my limitations, but occasionally when I do do car stuff I and I'm around real car guys, I'm always like, oh God, he's going to, and I'll go like, hey, could you tell me why it makes a little dingy sound over here? You know, I feel like a, like a helpless woman on the side of the road with a flat tire. But Sometimes when I'm feeling that, I don't know how to get over that in that particular moment. So you, you mentioned the, the go-kart stuff and now I build my own motors, but uh, a year and a half ago, I didn't know a thing about motors. And these little motors, something goes wrong all the time. And uh, so if it's sputtering or surging or it's not it's not working right, I feel like, I, I, I felt like ah, I don't know anything. And I'm afraid to even ask for help because like, you know, like, uh, who's this new guy? And, and I don't know how to get over that uncomfortableness in that moment. And it goes back to playing in bands. Like, I never became a great guitar player. And, and I actually, I, I am not a great guitar player. I can play rhythm, you know, but ask me to play it solo and I'll, I'll fumble all over the place. But like starting a new band, I'm like, I'm not as good as these other people. And I don't know how to get over that. And it takes a while to get comfortable around these other people. But even like the, you know, the, the go-kart motor thing, like I, 
I'll just keep it at that time. I would keep it to myself and then go home and, and, and Google it. So I didn't feel like an idiot compared to these other people. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you get that feeling at all? Uh, when you're by yourself, if you're like making a video, maybe where, yeah. where there's like a future audience, there's a future interaction with people. Do you get that feeling? Oh, sure. There, I, I yeah. certainly will edit out certain things. Like I'll just avoid, like, I, I've talked about it with the trailer. I feel total imposter syndrome. I'm making this trailer up as I go. I'm just using practical knowledge, practical solutions to things that I think are probably right. But when this video comes out, I'm going to get hammered. People are like, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're doing. You never built a trailer before. I'm going be like, yeah, I never did. <laughs> but here it is. It's, <laughs> it's existing. It's in front of you. You know, so I'm, I'm a little nervous. And that's why I've kind of been a little, little bit gun shy to show it. Because I feel like it's certainly feel imposter syndrome. Who am I to make a trailer? Who like who like you, you don't know what you're doing. You never worked in a trailer company making trailers. You know, my friends over at Oregon Trailers delivered this trailer to me. It's like incredibly seamless. I can't even like figure out how to reverse engineer some of the stuff they did on it. It's it's beautiful. And so when I'm looking at the one I'm making, thank God they wanted to kind of look 60s and a little bit, you know, old school, because I can just do simple trim. We're just gluing sheets on, and once the glue dries, then we'll put pop rivets in it, you know, just so we can keep the process moving along. Me and uh, Ryan, Ryan has been helping me on this whole thing. Um, it's, uh, I'm certainly nervous about releasing the video on this because everyone's gonna be like, you, uh, it's gonna fall off. You know, I'm gonna hear all that stuff, but whatever, you know, life moves on, you know. Yeah. So, in regard to that, um, like doing something you know is not going to be the the absolute correct way to do it, but you're you know using what you have at your disposal, your knowledge and stuff, knowing that you're going to get that feedback. There's a weird line, and I think I've probably gone past this line multiple times, where I'm trying to let people know that I don't have all the answers. I'm figuring this out. I'm, I'm giving it a shot, and I'm not claiming yeah. to be like the expert. I'm not mm -hmm. not showing you the way to do it. I'm showing you the way I'm doing it as a step right right and so i think sometimes i've overstepped that a little bit and like made excuses for what i'm going to do before i do it um but that's a weird line to toe knowing the feedback that you're going to get but also and i've said this before um but i think that one of the perceptions about published media still is that there's authority behind it you know when we were kids if you got a book deal that's because you had authority on the subject if you were on TV, that's because you had authority and you got <laughs> that's, there for that's a really reason. That's a really good point. Really good point. If yeah. you got an album, that's because you were good enough to get an album out. But now anybody can do any of those things any from Yahoo their basement can write by themselves. Yahoo can write three books. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, like all of those things can be done from a an inexpensive computer by yourself in your basement. It takes no authority to publish media anymore. And that, that's not a bad thing, but I think the perception that because something is published, mm -hmm. it has authority, is still there in people's minds. So when they watch YouTube video, they think, well, this person obviously thinks they're author authoritative enough to put this out there into the world. And I think trying to counteract that, uh, but not overstep that, is pretty important. You know, trying to say, I'm learning here without... Uh, I don't know, without being like apologetic about your mistakes. Like there's a weird line in there that I'm That's not really funny. Great at finding. You're, you're reminding me of a funny, a funny family circumstance. So my brother, Joseph is my older brother. He's five years older than me and his very best friend he grew up with crazy, insanely talented mechanic. 
we like my friend our friend billy is like basically like one of my older brothers he he grew up with my brother from like the age of five they still talk on the phone like little girls he lives in hawaii joey lives in new york and they talk all the time and since i've become famous online billy complains to my brother he goes jimmy doesn't know what he's doing jimmy doesn't know how to weld why is he out there teaching the world how to weld he has no idea what he's doing and joey says he's not teaching welding he's just showing you the things he makes he goes he's nothing special he tells this to joey all the time <laughs> and, then, and he's like who does he think he is i watched his latest video why does he think he's special like all he's doing is putting a camera on himself he has no idea what he's doing and in a way, it sounds to me like he's a little jealous that he's not getting the recognition because he is an excellent welder. He's an excellent mechanic, but he has no idea which end of an iPhone to hold. So I tell Joey to tell him, I'm like, tell him, I don't know what I'm doing. I do know how to maybe make a video. I think I do. I said, and that's what I'm doing. I'm making videos of what I do to encourage other not knowers how to do stuff. I'm a not knower that got past first base. I could teach other not knowers how to get past first base. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not up there saying, this is the best weld I've ever seen on the internet. I never ever said that. I never ever said that I'm a master craftsman, which I sometimes get labeled, which is really annoying. I just did an interview article with a, uh, a magazine and they're like, so you're a master craftsman. I'm like, no, let's get this straight. I am not a master at anything. I was like, maybe I'm a master at writing my logo on stuff. That's the only thing I will take a master title for. But I'm not a master. I never said I was. You know, when people in some of the comments are like, who are you to say you're this? And Billy is the epitome of that. And he complains to my brother. And my brother will call. He's like, I got something funny to tell you. So I, he'll text me and I call him. He's like, so Billy saw your latest video. And he was screaming to me about how bad it was. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> he just tell him to pick up a camera and teach the world what I did wrong. I would love for him to do a, a response video to anything I've done. He would, he's he, and he's like notoriously angry. Like he's gone to anger management classes his whole life. This guy, he's been in trouble with the law a lot. So, him watching me, him watching me try and be uh, the authority on welding, which I'm not claiming to be. I'm just filming myself. Gets him so mad. <laughs> and that's a personal family friend. And I haven't personally spoken to him about this. This kicked up about six eight months ago. So I haven't talked to him about it, but Joey always laughs when, when we talk. He tells me like the Billy report on him watching my YouTube videos. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like it, it can be really easy to, like I was saying, you know, to overstep and apologize for your stuff or be completely arrogant and just be like, yeah, what I'm doing is, is good. It's fine. It's like, whatever. I don't care what you think. There is a middle ground there of being thoughtful about I'm trying something. And like, maybe I didn't get it right, but I'm learning. And I think <clears throat> the attitude of being a forever learner says a lot about your place and what you, what you're trying to project and what, you know, you think other people are going to think about you. And I mean, it does kind of get you off the hook from, from feeling like you need to be great at something. If you're learning, then you don't need to be great. That's the point of the learning thing. And if you show other people that you're learning, they shouldn't have the expectation that you know it all already, right? So uh, I've talked uh, recently about this channel. Um, it's just called CT. Uh, I guess that's the guy's name. I don't really know anything about him. But he works on cars, and he's right now working on a Carmagia. And so I found that he's working on this Carmagia, and he's making videos very quickly about it. Like every couple of days, he's you know taking the body off and taking the floor pans out and painting and all this stuff. But the cool thing, he obviously knows cars, because he's talking about it and, and he seems to move through the tooling like he knows what he's doing. But then often he's like, well, this is the first time I've ever done this. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That, that feels a little bit better because he's moving. He's not scared of it. He's moving through it, but he's not claiming to know what he's doing. In fact, he, the other day, uh, bought these brand new floor pans for the Volkswagen and they come primed with like a black primer on them. And he got them and got them fit and everything and then stripped all the primer off of them to reprimer them. And I thought, oh, that, that seems odd. Like, I, oh, I guess there's something I don't know about that because I don't know any of this stuff. So, okay, I'm just watching. Like, I'm, you know, along for the ride to see why he did that. What's the point? Maybe the primer that comes on, it's so terrible out of the factory or whatever. And in the next video, he said, well, you guys all let me know that I, I did way more work than I needed to. The primer that was on there was good enough. And so uh, that's not a big deal, but it said something to me bec- about me and about him. Because he has a channel that he does a lot of car work, I assumed that he knew exactly what he's doing and there was some big logical reason behind a thing, and he's figuring it out just like I am. So I put an expectation of authority on him that I shouldn't have, Mm. (laughs) and that's on me. But also, he was just willing to like listen to feedback from people and like, oh, well, I did something I didn't really need to do. Now I know. And he moved on. That was it. He didn't feel bad about it, didn't apologize for it. He just learned. And I think that was a really good example of, you know, you can, you can take feedback and not feel like you're, like you're less or you're bad because you don't have the knowledge yet. Like he just internalized it and now he knows and he's moving on. And I think that's a really good way to do it. Depending on your personality, that may be easier or more difficult to, you know, to ask for that. Mm Because I think the imposter syndrome thing is being afraid to let people know that you don't know. Yeah, that's, that's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I don't want to like let people realize that I don't really have any idea why I'm here or what I'm doing. It's, it's the, it's not standing up and being like, all right, everybody, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's I had not a, that. It's, you reminded me of a funny experience that just happened because I could still smell the diesel on my shoes. So last uh, two, two, three nights ago, I'm with Taylor and we're at the big black barn that we both have been working in. I was like, do you smell diesel fuel? She's like, no, I don't smell. I was like, why do I smell diesel fuel? Because there's nothing, there's no diesel related objects around here. And I smell just like it's because we have a couple of pieces of equipment to take diesel. And I forgot that I had parked the, uh, the backhoe in a different part of the yard because we have all these big, giant, high trees and weeds. And I completely forgot I put it there. I always expect it in a different place. Anyway, long story short, it was like 30 feet away from me in the weeds. I forgot I had put it there. And so last night I'm walking down the long driveway to the black barn and I walk past it and I have this, I get hit with this crazy smell of diesel. And I was like, oh man, diesel's coming out of that, but it shouldn't smell. So I go over and it's dripping out of the, out of the bottom. I'm like, oh man, I immediately got this, like, this piece of equipment is outside my experience. Why is it leaking? Who am I to think that I understand this piece of equipment? Why did I buy this? Why is it leaking? Now I got to get underneath it. I'm going to smell like diesel fuel for a week. Does it even work anymore? Did I waste my money? Like these are all the things that went through my head instantly. And it basically like you have no business owning something that's so big and beyond your experience. And uh, but then this morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, diesel's leaking out of a crack somewhere in a hose. I just got to find the crack and patch it. That's all it really is. But my first initial response was like, oh, this is what happens when you buy something outside your experience level or your comfort level. You get hit in the because I used it to help Jacob, my buddy Jacob bought a piece of property down the road and we drove the backhoe down there to pull up some stumps 
last weekend. And so when I moved it, I put it back closer to the edge of the property, which is why it was out of place. Anyway, now I got to go in and figure out why it's leaking diesel fuel. And I don't know why, but it was nighttime last night. And then like, all I wanted to do was try and figure it out last night. But instead I said, forget it. I'll deal with it in the daytime when I actually have nothing else important to do because I don't need it right away. It's something I could fix later on. But I had that initial reaction of like, who am I to think I understand what I'm doing with this thing? You know, that, that was one of the first things. And then I didn't realize you were going to talk about this today, but I had that initial reaction of like, just stay in your lane. Who do you think you are to have such a complicated piece of equipment in your disposal? You don't know what you're doing. You're not Andrew Camerata. What, what's going on with you? No. I feel the same way about lots of stuff that I've, I just, like the bridge fort is that. Right. I remember you, you were very vocal about that when you first got it. But I still feel that way. Like, yeah. and I've had it for a year Me and too. A half or <laughs> I've had mine for six years. I feel the same way. Every time I touch that thing or even go near it, I'm like, I have no business here doing it. I, I want to <laughs> learn it and everything, but like, there's no, like there, I don't know what the path is to understanding that thing. Right. So I don't know. And people will have suggestions, just make this thing and you'll get, to, I, I get that. But I mean, I don't know what the path is to actually feeling confident with that tool because I, I won't use it enough to be, you know, like on it's a regular just, basis. It's just like driving so, a car. The more often you would use it, the better you get at it. That's it. Right. But to, to use it, you have to, I mean, kind of, you kind of have to use it wrong for a while and I'm a sure. physically afraid of that machine. And so right. using it wrong has a different effect than like using a coping saw wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, no. it's just, it's a different thing. And so I don't know. I, I, I'm really hesitant to ever do anything with the Bridgeport on screen because I just, I feel like I am not the person that should be doing that. Not cause I'm not capable. Right. I'm just not capable yet. And I feel like I should become capable off screen with something that's dangerous and something that's big and scary. And I don't know. So I have that same feeling uh, in regard to the Bridgeport. David, do you have, is there, is there a certain thing that makes you feel this way? No, now? but I remember like even going back to when I was a kid, when, um, and somebody would like, have you seen such and such movie? And I would just, say yes just to not feel dumb <laughs> and i would say yes yeah. all the time and then i would get stuck in this conversation about <laughs> uh, and, and i would just like oh i don't remember that part and i'm like dude that's the main part of the movie like and, uh, and so even you know but going, they go back to the future yeah i don't remember right, that part. I don't know right um i'm not so sure what i where i feel that now it's more of a um it's not really at home uh, or a camera thing. Cause, um, like you mentioned, I can say like, this is a thing that I'm learning. Uh, I gathered all this information. Now we're making a video. Let's learn together. It's more, it's more of an in-person thing. It's like, uh, I'm kind of a shy and easily intimidated person in real life. And so now, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be at an event and there's this, this person who's really good at what they do. And I'm, don't even feel worthy of talking to them. That's just, I think, I, I think it's a combination of always like going back to a kid and not trying to feel dumb and also just being a shy person in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, it's funny. Now I'm thinking, I remember that because you did remember you brought me the laser cutter over to Zanesville, mm-hmm. Ohio, a few mm-hmm. years back. And uh, I was hanging out at the the open house at John Saunders Machine Works. And all those guys are computer machinists, if not practical machinists, just regular, you know, traditional machinists. <clears throat> and they understand a thousandth, a thousandth of an inch and, you know, very well and all that stuff. And I totally felt like an imposter there, but a lot of people were like, Hey, I I love your practical approach to just figuring it out. So people did make me feel comfortable, but being there and uh, people like going, Oh man, I love you. I'm like, I'm like, I know you guys are, you guys are like the creme de la creme of machining and welding and everything. I'm just here to learn from you guys. And so I certainly felt like an imposter. And then, uh, you know, I got to meet Mr. Pete and then A-Bomb and like these guys that are my heroes in the machining world. And, you know, and then they gave me accolades. I was like, no, 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 this isn't about me. I mean, you guys are, you guys are teaching me. So I remember feeling that pretty heavily that, that weekend. It was an open house and all the YouTube machinists were all there. It was, it was a great experience. I'm really glad that I got to meet all those people, but you know, it just, just keep a certain humility and just, just keep your eyes open and just continue to want to learn. I think is important. Hmm. Know, know your place. And you know, a lot of people will, you know, they might feel that imposter syndrome and, and I don't know, maybe take advantage of, take advantage of like the, you know, hiding, hiding behind it in a way. I don't know if I have my thoughts collected, but the idea of like, you know, faking it, super faking it. I guess people can smell it if you're super faking it, but maybe those people don't feel imposter syndrome. Maybe. Or just own it. it. I, th- I think, like, just just own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was going to be what I was going to say. Is is owning it takes some of the fear and the kind of power out of it. If you're if you're feeling that way and you're in front of somebody and you're just quiet about it, that fear is all inside you, and it's going to affect everything that you say, everything that you do. It's going to stop you from trying things. <clears throat> but if you if you own it and you just say, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, usually people are willing to help. People are willing to step in. If they have knowledge that can fill a gap, they usually want to share it, right? Yeah, most people are and, very helpful. I mean, if you think about yourself, the knowledge that you have about any subject, you know, hopefully you wouldn't be the type of person that would, like, look at somebody else who didn't have that knowledge and be like, what a dummy. Like, I'm not going to help them because they don't know something I know. Like, if that's your attitude, you have the problem. So if you have knowledge to share with somebody, you would probably be happy to do it. And so you got to kind of look at both sides of the situation there. You know, if you are missing knowledge, there's probably somebody out there who's more than happy to help share that. And um, that feeling is is just fear. It, I mean, it's it's something that you can put out and, and kind of mm-hmm. take the power out of that fear, I, I think, you know. Um, and I think just in general being exploring things and going into stuff, not with a, well, I can do this attitude, but I, I wonder what this is about or how can I learn more about it or who can, you know, who can guide me mm-hmm. with, uh, to get where I want to be attitude. That goes a long way, you know? Yeah. I, I think for us, uh, for me specifically on video, trying to be really clear that I don't see myself as an authority on anything. Um, and one time I'm going to, I'm call him out a little bit, but not in a bad way. One time I was talking to Ben Ueda on the phone and like years and years ago, and he made some comment about how he was like, yeah, sometimes you, you have like kind of a G Willikers thing going on in the way that you <laughs> talk to people. 
and, and like in a video and he was saying it in a joking way. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, but what, the way I took that was that I don't, I try my best not to sound like I'm authoritative. Like I right. have the answer, like I'm willing to be wide eyed and trying to figure out how to learn something. And so I didn't take that as an insult. I took it as that's exactly what I want to be. I don't want right. to be the person who's standing on high and telling everybody how to do things. Um, and so I think, you know, just having that attitude, that kind of wide-eyed, I'm looking to learn attitude towards most things will help combat the feeling of, I don't know it, therefore I'm faking it, you know, so. Yeah. Well, there's always... The same uh, thing you said more concisely. <laughs> there's a lot of times people are like, wow, how did you learn how to do this? And I was like, I've never done this, but I've done these five other things that I have experience with. And it's just a, just a reapplication of hand-eye coordination to something different. And that's, you know, that's really what it is. And, you know, the really complicated way of learning that is doing clay. I just recently did the, the soap clay dish, which I kept it super simple because I've never done anything like that. And I just applied my woodworking skills to making it out of clay. And I did an okay job. It's nothing complicated. It's, it's completely simple. It's like basically first day clay making thing. But for me, it was first day clay making thing. It was really like my second or third day because I've done a few things. But <clears throat> a lot of people appreciated the simplicity of the approach and that I didn't overcomplicate it and I didn't try and do something crazy. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, have, I don't have the skill set to do. What's that? Yeah, I did. I mean, in that, I watched that the other day. And the thing I thought was really cool about it was that it was so simple, yet it didn't look, um, it didn't look like, a, like a five-year-old made it. You know oh, what I mean? You. Yeah. Like because you just used a razor knife and flat edges, mm -hmm. like uh, to be able to trim the top of it to get the sides yep. flat. Just that little thing is like, oh, you can use scrap wood and <laughs> <Right>. a razor knife <laughs> right. to trim clay. There you go. Piece of knowledge acquired. <laughs> I you just know? and now that was me just applying my regular what I do to that. That was just yeah. that was me using a router template to router mm. the precise shape of something. Instead, I use the wood and just a clay scraper, you know? And again, like I always try and figure out how I can apply. You know, this is just maker skills. Just try and figure out what you know you're good at and see how you could utilize these various muscle memory things for something that would be different. And then did you guys happen to see on Instagram a couple of days ago, I posted this incredible Japanese clay artist made a teapot with just hand working it with <clears throat> a couple of tools and a small little rotary table that he turned by hand. Unbelievable. Like a hundred years worth of experience in this guy's video. Unbelievable. Hmm. He just with like a piece of like a wooden mallet and like an exacto style knife and a little turn thing. He made the most incredibly beautiful pot. Obviously the guy's got a million years of experience, understand the material hundred percent, but just watching that one video. Now I, next time I approach it, I'm going to try and implement some of the things I watched him do. Obviously he's got hundreds of years of muscle memory behind his, his ability. I would need to, practice it but just some really really interesting techniques that he did i have to find it and send it to you guys well any other thoughts about this i mean i think it's something everybody deals with in some way whether they want to admit it or not in different ways but any other thoughts no that's it i i just think you know keep a certain sense of humility and then also just try and uh, learn you know, like I said, I'm I'm like a, I feel a little annoyed that my my tractor's leaking diesel, and like I said, I'm out I'm outside my comfort zone with getting up underneath there and getting diesel all over me. But 
it's, this is why I bought this thing is to learn these. I knew buying that it was going to be up against some serious, complicated know-how. And I was willing to take that chance. And right now I'm being put to the test. Why is it leaking? I just got to find that crack in the hose. You know, the machine was put to stress the other day when I used it for about an hour. And every time I take that machine out, there's going to be something that goes, you know what? I'm giving up. You got to fix me. <laughs> it's just one of those things because there's a hundred of those. You know what? I think today's the day I'm done. And then I got to get under there and figure out what that is and why it is and then fix it. I just knew that. And, you know, that's the same way with anything. Same way with any brand new tools, the same way. Bob, you said something earlier that uh, I identify with. I don't know if this is your phrase or if it came from somewhere else, but you said forever learner. And like, that's who I am. I'm a forever learner. And I'm going to reuse that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just to reiterate that, uh, what you just said, Jimmy, about the, and the forever learner thing, the Karmagia, uh, is <laughs> I knew that it was going to be a, a deep hole to climb into. And as I've started climbing into that hole, I realized that there's another hole at the bottom of that hole. And then when I went into that one, there's another hole at the bottom of that hole. And it's just going to keep going and metaphor. keep going. And it's weird that I'm not scared of that. Yeah. this I think this has been the first big thing where I've jumped in and not been afraid of it. I right. can't, I can't break it any more than it's already broken. The th- thing is literally spread out across an entire barn right now. <laughs> I can't break it any more than it's already broken. The so, other day I went into the barn and I go to the other Cadillac and there's a huge puddle underneath it. I'm like, okay, I guess the radiator <laughs> wants to be fixed faster than I wanted to fix it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I understand what you're telling me. Okay. But I think there's practice in that in regard to the learning part in regard to the imposter syndrome, feeling inadequate or feeling like you're a faker or whatever, there's learning, there's practice in taking something that you know is going to continue to break. Like you're talking about, Jimmy, with the, the, the diesel thing. Like it's going to keep breaking, which is going to force you to keep learning how to fix it, which is going right. to force you to always be in a position of not knowing something. Right. That's practice. And then that takes away some of the, you know, Comfortability. If, if, you're, if you're only in dangerous situations every once in a while, they feel like more dangerous, right? Or scary right. situations, or whatever. So, right. yeah. And I, I, I'm for me, I'm really glad that I have this long term thing that is just going to get worse until it gets better. <laughs> but, and then, right? And then, anyway. Bob, you go to a car show or you go to like cruise night at the local McDonald's, and you see like a car McGee, and you think to yourself, "How did he get here?" How did yeah. he do this? I don't understand what he went through. He must not have any family or anybody to talk to. How did he get here? Right. Because I see that when well, I see like a truck that's like in perfect condition at cruise night, I'm like, how did he, doesn't he, he didn't he leave one rust spot on it? There's not even like a dog yeah. hair on the seat. Like, how do you do this? Well, so uh, my defense mechanism for that, uh, a few weeks back or months ago, there was a, a cruise night in town. I think I told you guys about it, where there were just tons of old cars. And I'm walking through this park where there's just like all these old cars. All next to them is a 70-year-old man. And I'm like, well, he's been working on that thing for 30 years. Or he's got a billion dollars and just paid somebody to restore that car. Total defense mechanism for yeah. me thinking like somebody else didn't, you know, wasn't willing to do the work to get to that thing. Yeah, they were. Like, right. I, I can do that. I mean, it's, it may take me 30 years. It may take me a billion dollars. But I can get there, you know. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um 
And I still, you know, thinking ahead to things like paint and the, the, the final stages of, which is way down the road, but I'm like, man, I'm going to put all this work in and I'm going to get this thing painted. And there's going to be, there's going to be like a fingerprint somewhere that I won't be able to get rid of. And there's going to be a, a little spot that's too thin on the, you know, whatever. So yeah. one more point that you can remind me when I was going to paint the blue truck in the winter time and I went to me and Taylor went to the auto bodies place. She wanted to go because she wants to learn how to paint her, her pieces of furniture with the complicated paint used to be able to get lacquer paint mm. and just lacquer thinner and you thin it till it works and then you pour it and then it dries. You spray it and it dries. Now there's reducer, there's hardener, there's catalyst. And I went into the guy, I just said, look, I go, I used to paint cars with lacquer. I know they don't have that anymore. I was like, what do I need to do? Just give me the basics. I said, I understand how to make things and I could figure it out. I said, just tell me what I need to know as somebody that had experience, but not with the new materials. And he just pulled out a sheet because he does it 50 times a day. He pulled out like a DuPont sheet and with a, with, <laughs> with a highlighter, he's like, read this, read this, only reduce here, add this here and clean up with this. And he went, bump, 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 puts them all in front of me. He goes, there you go. I was like, that's it. Thank you. You just demystified the process for me. It took him about five minutes to, to put all the materials in front of me, this DuPont tech sheet, which I kept and I kept referring to it. And that's it. You know, I went in there with, with no ego. I just went and I said, look, I, I used to know how to paint. Now I don't know how to paint because the technology's changed. I said, can you just give me like a five minute briefing? And the guy did. And it was exactly what I needed. And that was the fear I had a hard time getting over. And, uh, you know, Taylor was next to me and she listened to it. And now she wants to paint stuff. She wants to learn how to use that paint. So she's going to go in there and get some colors for her. Um, yeah. It just, sometimes mm. it just takes getting over that fear of just looking stupid. I think it's the same thing we've talked about before, like going into a metal yard you go in and you're like, I, I mean, for me, yeah. I was like, I have no idea what I'm looking for. And I'm going to look right. like an idiot who doesn't yeah. know the right kind of metal to ask for. And they're super right. cool and super helpful. Yeah. And, yeah. They're willing to fill that knowledge gap that you don't have. Yeah. So you just have to let them know that you're an idiot right away. That's right. Yeah. Own it. You own it. it I am an idiot. I'm an idiot. Hi, I'm an idiot. Can you help me? Um, So we don't typically ask for feedback, not for any particular reason, but I think this is a really good time (laughs) to ask for feedback from you about imposter syndrome. I don't, I don't know. Whatever feedback you have, do you think we hit it? Are we missing something? What do mm-hmm. you feel it in? How do you get over it? I mean, we all still feel it, so I think tips to get over it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let us know on Twitter at uh, Making It Podcast. That's what our handle is, right? I think mm-hmm. we use Twitter too often. Yeah, Making It Podcast. Or if you're one of the Patreon supporters, you can let us know there because we do get those messages for sure. And we do share them around. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all come in through my email and I pass them along to the guys. But uh, speaking of Patreon, I like that segue. That's really good. Uh, if you are a supporter on Patreon, you get the after show, which we're going to record right after this. And if you're not a supporter on Patreon, you could be. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that by going to patreon.com slash making it. Uh, we, we are really grateful. If you don't want to help out on Patreon, totally cool. We're just gra- glad that you're listening. If you leave us a review, apparently uh, that really helps like get the show in front of other people. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, we don't really pay attention to like listen numbers or anything, but obviously getting it in front of more people would be better. So share it around, uh, leave a review if you want to. Um, that'd be cool. Or just listen. It's a couple weeks well. ago, I went back and read some of the iTunes reviews. It's I probably do it like once a, once a year and the reviews hmm. are 
phenomenal. They're really, oh. really good. So if you want to feel awesome. good about yourself, go read the iTunes reviews for a few minutes. I've never thought of that sentence. If you want to feel good about yourself, go read the reviews of something you do. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not like YouTube comments for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I might give it a shot then. Um, big thanks to our top supporters over on Patreon, though. Odin Leather Goods, Corey from Make Shape Create, Rich at Low and Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, You Can Make This Too, Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. But there's a bunch of other people like Joshua Barber who are also supporters that we are grateful for. So thanks to everybody. Thank you guys over there. It does really mean a lot. So thank you for that. Um, I don't have anything to recommend, so I'm just going to go ahead and cross myself off that list for today. Because like I said earlier, you know what? I don't. One more thing before I give my recommendation, which everybody's already seen is speaking of the iTunes reviews. I remember when I was looking at them a few weeks ago, I'm like, I bet there's going to be a bunch of reviews where like this podcast would be better without David. And I was like, we're looking oh, for those. Com- like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, lo- I'm not looking for that reaction. Stop but it. I'm, I'm over exaggerating. Okay. <laughs> but I was looking for those comments. Like there's, there's going to be hmm. somebody there who, who doesn't want me on the pod. No, there, there wasn't. They were all, all good. I'm like, man, these are, we have some good listeners. So anyway, well, yeah, I agree. But just to be fair, mm. there are, I guarantee you there's somebody listening right now who's like, man, I wish the show didn't have David. And there's somebody else who said, I wish the show didn't have Bob. And there's somebody else who said, I wish the show didn't have Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy talks too much. Absolutely. And that's okay. Because the three of us get to decide who's on the show. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but thanks for the reviews. That's awesome to hear. I'm I'm glad they're good. Yes. So my pick is, again, Smarter Every Day, but... Um, Dustin did a great video on how carburetors are made. He went to the Holly factory. Yeah, that was I great. Think is in Kentucky. And um, it is Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, it is so it is so cool. Like I have a l- limited knowledge about carburetors and, and I'm working on, on small engine stuff and I can build the entire engine but I don't do anything with the carburetor. I just buy a new carburetor and it's got the right jetting in there for, for what I need. And he made a video a couple months ago about how they, how carburetors work. And he made one with like a clear plexiglass front. So you can that see was what amazing. it does. And it was really amazing. like cleared everything up. And then this is a great follow-up where he tours the Holly factory. And it was just so cool because carburetors, they're simple, but yet super oh my complex. God. It's unbelievable how he made that carburetor work with just clear plastic. And then you go to the Holly carburetor. He's like, well, what's that for? Oh, that's for jetting. Oh, what's that for? Oh, that's for yeah. vent. What's yeah. that for? Like, he, I couldn't really, I couldn't really give exact examples, but the idea how these carburetors just keep getting more and more and more complicated. It's crazy. I have a Holly carburetor on the, the truck that I just elected to fix up. Hmm. And, you know, it looks, it's like they, they make them too cool. So it looks kind of like a crown, you know? So when you open up the engine compartment, you're like, you know, at cruise night, I'm like, hey, he's got a Holly carburetor on us. He knows his, knows his <laughs> business when I don't know anything. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, oh, I was going to suggest, I'm actually recording this Saturday with with Jeff Fader over at the Full Blast podcast. So my episode will be out, uh, I don't know, we haven't even recorded it yet, so I don't know when he'll put it out, but it'll probably be a couple weeks after this weekend. But go check out the Full Blast podcast. It's a little bit blacksmith knife-centric, but he does interview pretty much mostly anybody that he finds interesting in the maker business. And Jeff's very funny. He's a cynical New Yorker like me, so I think we'll have a great conversation this weekend. But 
he's uh, very inspired by you know some of the uh, the the sh- I hate to use this term, but it's the only term I can think of right now. Shock jock guys like Howard Stern and and Opie and Anthony, and he's inspired by those guys. His interview style is a little loose and fun, and uh, he he really he really does good work as an interviewer and and a podcast host. So check out Jeff Fader's Full Blast podcast, and a lot of the people we all know have been on there. Cool. Um, I lied. I do have a pick. <laughs> totally forgot. Um, but it's not a video. I've been listening to another audiobook, and I'm going to tell you the correct name of it. I'm stalling so that I can get Audible pulled up. It is Chip Gaines from... Oh, man. So, I'm going to interrupt myself. <laughs> because Skype added these dumb Space Jam animations. And so, while I'm talking, they're just playing Space Jam animations on screen. <sighs> that's really weird. Anyway, this book is called No Pain, No Gains. It's Chip Gaines from uh, Fixer Upper. And he's had this, I think this is his second book. Um, the first one I really enjoyed. And this one's all about building a network, but not like a, like a social network, a, a network of knowledge and people that you believe in and can kind of be uh, guides for you throughout life and stuff. And it's just, he's, uh, he writes from just a very like conversational easy place to listen to. And he, he, um, reads the books as well, but I really enjoyed his first one. And this one, I'm a few chapters in and I'm really liking it. So hmm. I'll check put it, it on my wish list. I think it's got some, got some good stuff. That's it. All right. The end. All right. Cool. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank Let us know guys. what you think about imposter syndrome and, uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you. Love you. Bye. I love you too, by the way.